0: Sanda Beta on Sound Awake, Monday to Friday, 3 to 5 a.m.
1: So, actor, writer, producer and voiceover artist Fabian Adeoye-Logede has made his directorial debut with Eje, Blood, he has previously co-produced and starred in the award-winning film Man on Ground, which was directed by Nigerian film director, writer and actor Akin Omotoso and premiered at the Toronto Film Festival in 2011. Fabian was one of the leads in the long-running pan-African drama series Jacob's Cross, playing the role of Bola Abayomi. He has appeared in the show the HBO international series Trackers, and South African hit TV series Isibaya, Isidingo, and isono All the ones that start with I. Eh? Uh, Fabian, good morning. How are you doing?
0: I'm good. I'm good. Can you hear me? I can Fantastic. hear you now, yes.
1: Great. Yeah. Thanks for joining us today. Uh,
0: thanks for having me.
1: Okay, so let's talk about your film then in terms of uh, what's happening. Uh, what inspired you to to this uh, time direct your own film? Because we know you as an actor.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I that's the thing when when someone's in front of the camera you know there's quite a lot that you know people don't know that they do behind the camera so i've also been a writer for um i'll say even a lot longer than i've been an an actor and um while writing some of the things that i've been writing has also been like radio dramas so i've done a lot of radio dramas a lot of um Mm-hmm. Writing radio dramas and directing radio dramas, um, particularly around um, NGO stuff and behavioral change content. And so it was just for me a natural progression mm. um, to eventually also direct um, audio visual, not just audio mat- material.
1: So EJ means blood. I don't know if it's in Igbo. What language is it? <laughs>
0: Um, it is blood in Yoruba.
1: Yoruba, okay. So tell us about the inspiration behind this film. It's it's quite scientific and it's fascinating, uh, and it's around the Rh negative blood type.
0: Yes. So it's inspired by the Rh negative blood type, but um, but the, the, the I think that there's so many influence and inspiration around it. So it's also mythological. Um, just to give you context, mm-hmm. you know, there's a. As a belief, so the Rh negative blood type is. I think was about 15% of the human race actually have the Rh negative blood type. Most most people are actually Rh positive, mm-hmm. and um, well, there's a lot of mythological beliefs around this Rh negative blood type in the sense that nobody really knows where it comes from. Although a lot of science who say you look it's it, it's natural in the sense that it's a mutation. Some people say it's not a mutation. And obviously there's lots of conspiracy theories around it. You've got people that would say um people of R H negative blood type are of an alien race or are of um, um are a a a a um what, I, what, the, what I'm looking for. I'm not just alien, but mm. of a spiritual it's, it's being. Yeah. yeah, of a spiritual being. So there are all sorts of... If you go go online, you've got communities, everybody debating where they feel that RH negative comes from because there are certain traits of people that have RH negative that the general population don't have. Now, so that's that, in a way, is the science and mythological side of it. But growing up, I used to hear stories of... Um, you know, very African stories of spiritual beings. Mm-hmm. And I figured, okay, what, what if I were to take both the fact and the fiction and kind of weave a narrative around that? And that's basically what I've done with, with AJ. And another kind of um, theme that comes up with in the storyline is around spectrophilia mm-hmm. as well, which is also linked to some of the conspiracy theories around the RH negative blood type. What is spectrophilia? Hey, you're giving us
1: a science lesson here.
0: Well, actually, so spirit is not not scientific. Okay. Uh, No no, no spoilers. Um, So spectrophilia is actually um, people that claim that either they've um, had sexual encounters with ghosts or spirits.
1: Okay. Um,
0: So it's in that realm, yes.
1: Oh, okay. So
0: lots of... I'm sure there are names for it, Mm. you know, in different, I'll say, African cultures, but that is the... um, (laughs) Anglo-Saxon <laughs> mm. word.
1: So this sounds like it's a horror then this film, is it?
0: I wouldn't I wouldn't define it as a horror, um, but I guess you could find certain things about it horrific. Mm.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> how much research did you do then into this? Maybe in terms of time frames. Uh, I mean because it's quite a complex story. It sounds like we're not we're not going to give it away but uh, mm. how much research
0: went into this? Um A lot of well, I I did a bit of research, but the reason why I say I did a bit of research is I didn't want to make it a documentary, Mm -hmm. so I also just wanted to let my, uh, I wanted the story to work organically from a narrative point of view because once you do too much research, I feel then you feel compelled to to be loyal to the research and that's literally not what I wanted to do I yeah. still wanted to just tell a narrative story from a fictional point of view so I did not do as much research as I would if I, if, if I was doing a documentary so I did enough to be able to at least hold a conversation about the thematic about about the thematic um, direction of the story. Mm. But in terms of research, um, I, I would say I deliberately ran away from um, being too deliberate and scientific because and, I know everybody's got their own theories about it. And I didn't necessarily want to take a particular side. Mm.
1: Hello, Fabian? Hello, can you hear me? Yes, yes, yes.
0: I was very deliberate in not over-researching the, the, mm. the subject matter, but just enough to at least know what I'm talking about.
1: Awesome. So let's talk your experience then. I mean, because you've got quite a vast one when it comes to productions and international productions versus those of local origin and, and mm. casting. What has your experience taught you in how these differ and how you maybe you've merged these into your work?
0: Well, Well, I would say... You no know, they say you know it's all about money, really, and and I think what the international productions probably have over us in essay is the fact that they they have huge budgets, and what those budgets allow them to do is it gives them more time, so and that time allows actors to i would say prepare more because you probably shoot less pages a day um so it does allow the craft to for you for, for the quality of the craft to actually come out so, so that's the only thing I think you know in terms of international productions versus versus local but in terms of the expertise I think South Africa probably has you know um, some of the best expertise even globally not just on the continent so international productions actually the only thing they really have over us both from a technical point of view behind and in front of the camera is really the money to allow them to to give them the time to be able to get you know to a certain level where we can, if we had that time to prepare, which obviously costs money. Yeah. So we have a limited you know you can't go and shoot a film a feature film for I don't know four or five months <laughs> you mm. know but whereas with international productions you can you can shoot two three pages a day we have to shoot between five and ten in some in, in some cases.
1: Talking money matters, how is the film industry dusting itself off from the ashes of COVID-19 now?
0: I'm not sure. I'm not sure we can really dust dust it off completely because, Mm. um, again, I think COVID-19 has affected everybody from a financial point of view. So I think anything that has to do with the service industry, which the film industry is in a way... um, it's going to be, it's, it's life changing. So I don't think cinema, even if it does get back, I don't think it will ever get back to the way it once was because before COVID across the continent, people were already struggling, Mm. you know, in terms of getting those bonds on the seats. So this has only made it worse. I think we have to reinvent. Um, Luckily with the likes of all the DODs coming in, that's making it better, but I still think there is a danger in the narrative being being directed by international platforms if they have a particular definition of what they feel the African narrative should be yeah so the the hope is that a lot of our public broadcasters will also be able to play in that in, in that realm of DoDs so that we can to a certain degree be able to control the kind of narrative that is put out there.
1: DOTs, what is that abbreviation for?
0: Um, That's Video On Demand, you know, like oh, your Netflix. Oh, VOTs, okay. Yeah, okay. sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
1: no, cool. Okay, so <laughs> where can one uh, go to watch the film? We understand it's going to be launched uh, next week. The launch screening is next week. Yes,
0: yes. So it's the media screening um, for now, um, and we're going to do the festival tours for at least the next um, couple of months. Mm-hmm. And then after that, Obviously we hope it, you know, it should be available on, um, on platforms across South Africa and, and possibly across the continent.